From the world-famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly. Hello, Monday. Greetings, everyone. Welcome into this Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report, a unique visit with you all today. Sean Kelly back with you. And in Dallas, Texas, on the road with the New Orleans Pelicans as they continue preseason Road trip number one, nice win for the Pelicans against the Houston Rockets on Saturday night. And, of course, uh, it's a happy Monday, of course, back in the Crescent City as the Saints are winners over the Chicago Bears yesterday at Soldier Field. So a unique show for you ahead today as we'll bring it to you primarily from the road here in Dallas with the Pelicans, but we'll head back to New Orleans here in a little bit and bring John DeShazer, senior writer for NewOrleansSaints.com, into the conversation. He'll be in Studio B and help us recap that 26-18 win over the Bears yesterday to push New Orleans to 5-0 and on the season. Boy, it was great watching from afar, but certainly wished I could have been there. But J.D. was, and we'll pick his brain here shortly on today's Black and Blue Report. A little bit later in the show, we'll hear from Sean Payton. Uh, we'll get his Monday morning presser and give you a couple of chunks of that and get the head coach's thoughts some 24 hours after the win in Chicago yesterday. And, of course, with me in Dallas here with the basketball team, we're going to uh, focus in on the Pelicans and talk about their first preseason game of the new season, uh, Saturday night in Dallas, which they beat the uh, Rockets 116-115, and talk about tonight's matchup with the Dallas Mavericks. So a lot to get to in today's show, and uh, certainly want to get started here uh, with the Saints as they uh, improved the 5-0 yesterday. A nice win, to say the least, and uh, a rare win for the uh, Saints in Chicago. Boy, it's been tough to come by uh, since really the turn of the century, and I, we can say that now, some 13 years into it, but it's a place that uh, has seen the Saints struggle, to say the least, and for the uh, ball club yesterday to get that win sure was nice and uh, turned a page on a note that had been kind of beat around quite a bit. As a matter of fact, uh, Drew Brees yesterday after the ball game talked about getting a win finally at Soldier Field. It's about that time, you know. Um, man, we, uh, we've come up here quite a few times, um, you know, in some big games, and unfortunately we're, we're never able to walk away with a, a victory. Um, 06, 07, and 08, you know, in, in three consecutive years. Um, we've been waiting for that opportunity to come back. Um, you know, you know this, whenever you come up here, um, that's a great football team. That's a great defense. And it's been a great defense for a long time. It's a very prideful bunch, um, as consistent a defense as there is. And you know what their formula is for winning. You know, it's taking the ball away. It's giving their offense opportunities. It's um, making you try to get impatient, you know. And so we knew the formula coming into this game was um, to remain patient, to run the football effectively, to be very efficient in the passing game, and to take care of the football, priority number one. And we were able to do all those things, and that's why, you know, a big reason why we won and great defense. Drew Brees special again yesterday, 281 yards passing. He was a 29 of 35, averaging eight yards per pass. He did get sacked uh, twice, but he did not throw an interception. 
the only uh, down note, I guess, as far as the record books go, or his assault on the record books, is that uh, his streak ended yesterday with regard to um, throwing for 300 yards in a game. Nonetheless, though, I think that Drew, and I think he probably said it yesterday, uh, was more happy about the win than uh, perhaps uh, being sad that that particular streak came to an end. Uh, another happy note about yesterday's football game was Pierre Thomas, who scored two touchdowns, the lone Saints touchdowns yesterday in the ball game. Uh, Thomas caught a two-yard pass from Breeze and then rumbled home uh, on his own, 25 yards out uh, near the end of the first half. Both of those were huge plays in the second quarter. And uh, Thomas, again, shines in a homecoming game. Thomas is from Illinois and uh, seemingly plays well all the time up near Chicago. And yesterday, once again, had a chance to make the day special. I mean, this is back home for me, you know. And when I'm back here, I think about, you know, friends, family, you know, teachers, coaches, people that help me get to where I am now. And, you know, when I step on that field, it's like, hey, man, you're doing it all for them. So go out here and perform the way you can and uh, and show out for your peoples. And uh, that's what I did. And my offensive line and the rest of the players, receivers, you know, our fullbacks, we, they did a heck of a job and, you know, helped me establish uh, what, I, what I did today. The Saints defense yesterday gave up a season-high 18 points, but if 18 is your season-high through five, I think that Rob Ryan and company ought to be pretty pleased with that. They uh, forced a turnover, and Cam Jordan jumped on a loose ball in the first half, and then Curtis Lofton led the way. The captain had nine tackles. Eight of those were solo yesterday, so another standout performance by the uh, Saints defense who seemingly stopped Chicago at key times. In Chicago, the bulk of their numbers uh, were somewhat empty, and a good bulk of their first downs, as a matter of fact, came in the fourth quarter after the Saints had found themselves comfortably ahead. Special teams-wise, it's highlighted by Garrett Hartley's four field goals yesterday, uh, one of which was 48 yards. He also had a 47-yarder, a 19-yarder, and a 36-yarder. Those four field goals, obviously, in the 26-18 win, factor in prominently. And then, of course, we've talked tons and tons about Drew Brees to Jimmy Graham. And while Graham did not score a touchdown yesterday, Graham was your leading receiver on the New Orleans side with 10 receptions, 135 yards, and again, a big-time weapon for Drew Brees and the offense. Brees, though, quick to point out, and while you know laying accolades at the feet of Jimmy Graham says that there is a lot more to Graham's success these days than just his individual numbers right now. Obviously, Jimmy, you know, alone is a great player. Um, but I think Jimmy would be the first one to tell you that by having Marcus Colston opposite, by having Pierre Thomas, um, by having uh, Darren Sproles, by having you know some of these other young wide receivers that you know it's not like Jimmy Graham's the only guy to worry about. Um, there's a lot of guys that. Um, we feel like we can get the ball to, and they're going to make plays, and they're going to help us win games. So if a team is bound and determined to take away Jimmy Graham, if they're just going to buy a small game, we'll, we'll beat each other ways. But um, obviously he is a great player, and when given the opportunity, he's going to make those plays. So Graham, Thomas, Toon, Sproles, Jed Collins, who had four receptions, Marcus Coltonson, Watson, all had a, a, a play yesterday in uh, the Drew Brees passing attack. But again, none more than Graham, who had 10 catches in all. At Chicago, Jimmy Graham talked about the win and talked about another complimentary effort by the Saints 
in general? You know, it was a great effort by, you know, all four phases um, of this team, special teams, offense, defense, uh, had a huge stop down there in the red zone and, and a big turnover when we needed it. And um, I think offensively, uh, what we did best was uh, protect the ball. You know, uh, Tillman, you know, he's a monster at, at uh, figuring out ways to get the ball out. And, and uh, you know, we were, uh, that was our biggest focus tonight was to hold on to the ball. So that's just a sampling of some of the stuff that we um, heard from the Saints post-game locker room yesterday afternoon after the win over the Chicago Bears. Final score was 26-18, to as you know, to improve to 5-0, and New England is coming up next. Next on this program, though, here from Dallas, John DeShazer will join us. He'll be in Studio B, and we'll get his take on yesterday's Saints win. And a little bit later, we'll turn our attention to the Pelicans, who are in the midst of a three-game preseason road trip. Back after this. What makes Auctioner Primary Care such a great choice? Is it because we have 38 health centers throughout the region, some with evening and weekend hours available? Or because we accept close to 50 different insurance plans? Could it be because we offer My Auctioner, which gives you and your family secure online access to your health records, test results, prescription renewals, even emails with your doctor? or that you'll be connected to seven hospitals with 2,500 affiliated physicians who can handle everything from the common to the complex, so you'll never have to wonder if you made the right choice. Actually, what you may like the most is... Yes, we have a location near you. Expertise and convenience. Great reasons to choose an Auctioner primary care physician. To find one near you... Visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Don't want to miss out on any of the action? Get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus, get text messages with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelicans Mobile Alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features, plus sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. The Pelicans are your NBA team, and Beau Rivage Resort and Casino is your M-Life Resort right here on the Gulf Coast. Featuring 1,740 luxuriously appointed rooms, exquisite award-winning dining choices, a championship-caliber golf course, and all the amenities you've come to expect from MGM Resorts International, Beau Rivage is the only true resort experience you'll find in the South. You belong at the Beau. Beau Rivage Resort and Casino is proud to be a sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. Back to the Black and Blue Report today. It's a little different, as we're, uh, as we mentioned in the first segment, kind of doing things a little differently with uh, with myself on the road for the first time with the Pelicans. And so in Studio B today is the uh, senior writer for NewOrleansSaints.com, John DeShazer, as I join him now from Dallas, Texas. John, all smiles, I'm sure, in the Big Easy this morning after the Saints win it yesterday on the road 26-18. to 18. You know, we heard from some of the players there in segment one, but I'm anxious to get your thoughts on a game, as I'm looking at the box score and after watching it yesterday, um, the numbers sure, sure lean towards Chicago, but at the end of the day, the Saints are still undefeated. Only one of three teams left in the NFL who can say that. Yeah, it was one of those games where really Chicago piled up, I think, a lot of empty yards, you know, those empty calories at the end of the game where they, they play and catch up and the Saints are content to 
you know, try to keep them in front and try to milk some clock. And I want to say Chicago maybe maybe gained about 160, 180 yards in that fourth quarter, as well as eight of their first downs. So, you know, it, it really is a kind of deceiving statistical game because for the most part, the Saints really imposed their will on Chicago, which is something you're not, uh, you're not accustomed to seeing happen to the Bears in Chicago, especially that defense. But the Saints pretty much dictated the entire game, and, you know, a lot of it was they were taking what the Bears were giving them. But, you know, when there was an opportunity to take a shot, you know, they got a couple of long completions, a 35-yarder to Nick Toon, and I think about a 38, 39-yarder to Jimmy Graham, as well as a 29-yarder to Jimmy Graham. So they were able to take advantage of what the Bears were giving them, and and they were patient. Uh, They ran the football, didn't run it spectacularly, you know, 28 attempts for 66 yards. But again, we always have to remember with the Saints that that sharp, short passing game, you know, nine receptions for 55 yards from Pierre Thomas and another three for 31 yards for Darren Sproles and Pierre Thomas catches a couple of touchdowns, that can substitute for their running game. So it's always pretty effective even when it doesn't look effective on paper. Yeah, that, that the number that on paper that does jump out certainly, and I think you just alluded to it a little bit, is, is time of possession, 36 minutes to 24 minutes. And when you when you throw in just that one turnover that we thought there'd be more, but just the one turnover, man, that just goes a long way in helping you win, especially on the road. It seems. Yeah, I mean the the other team can't score if they don't have the ball, and I mean that a 12 minute time of possession advantage in the NFL is just humongous. I mean we're not talking about you know maybe it's not humongous if you're playing the Broncos right now who seem to be put you know pasting 50 on everybody, but if you're playing a team like the Bears that doesn't score particularly well or particularly fast. You're keeping the ball out of their hands. And not only were the Saints keeping the ball out of their hands, but they were, you know, they were scoring themselves. Now, you know, four field goals is something that, you know, New Orleans is not going to be happy with. They're not going to be satisfied with, especially the one where they get the turnover and have it first and goal at the six and end up with, a, a, I think, about a 19-yard field goal from Garrett Hartley. However, you know, you win however you win, and then you correct the mistakes later. And I've heard players say, you know, a multitude of times that it's a lot easier to co- correct mistakes in victory than it is in, in defeat. You know, you like it feels a lot better to to correct in those situations. So, yeah, they kept they played keep away with the Bears. I mean, the short passing game, and again, you know, took some shots when they had the opportunities, and the Bears simply couldn't get their hands on the ball. And when they did get it, you know, they had to be a little impatient about it because they didn't know when they were going to get it back, or or if there was going to be an opportunity to, to mount a comeback. You know, you mentioned uh, that they wouldn't be happy with the field goals, you know, two of them in the first quarter and then two more in the second half. Uh, but if there's any doubt on how important a guy like Garrett Hartley is to this team, I think that you put that to rest yesterday. John, let's just say momentum-wise, let's just say he doesn't hit one or two of those things yesterday. Oh, if he doesn't hit it, now all of a sudden the Bears feel very good about themselves. And, I mean, a couple of these were some long field goals. I mean, we're talking about a 48-yarder, uh, also a 47-yarder. So, and you know, everything's a little bit more unpredictable in Chicago. Now, the win, you know, was agreeable yesterday. The, the elements were agreeable. It was sunny. Uh, the temperature was agreeable. It was around 55-60. So, Everything worked out from that standpoint, but Hartley still has to make those kicks, and he did a great job with doing it. He's made a lot of clutch kicks for the Saints in his short career, including the one against Minnesota in the NFC Championship game to take the Saints to the Super Bowl. So, you know, he's not a guy who's afraid of the big moment or afraid of pressure, but, yeah, if he misses one or two of those kicks, now all of a sudden Chicago, you know, is feeling a little chesty about itself, and they're feeling like, okay, we got to stop. All we need to do is put some points behind it, and we got a chance to take out this team. But the Saints really – 
for the most part, were the more physical team. They were the more efficient team. They were a team that looked a lot hungrier and a lot more urgent than Chicago. Let's talk about two other offensive players for a moment. Pierre Thomas makes a homecoming to uh, his home state and has a nice day, and I think that some of that is fueled by him wanting to do well in front of a lot of family and friends. But, you know, Thomas is a, is a guy who, um, who has been steady for the Saints for some time, and, and while we've talked about Darren Sproles a, a lot this season, we haven't had a whole lot of opportunity to talk about Pierre Thomas. Y- yesterday, w- was that the kind of game that they'd been hoping for, John, from Pierre you know, all along, and, and, and will it continue? Or What was your read on how he played yesterday? Well, uh, he, one, he always plays fantastic in Chicago. That's home for him, and he, was, you know, he became the first Saint with a uh, 100-yard receiving and 100-yard rushing game in the same game in Chicago. But, yeah, this this game, and Coach Payton specifically mentioned it, um, this game was about ball security. And Pierre Thomas is as reliable a player for the Saints as there is. So, you know, to put the ball in his hands, you feel a little blanket of security because he knows exactly what he's supposed to be doing in the passing game. He knows what he's supposed to be doing in the run game. He understands, you know, pass protection. He understands this offense because he's been in it for, you know, so many years. And so if you get in the big game and the name of the game is ball security and you want to make sure that, you know, you don't turn it over, he's going to be a guy that Coach Payton is going to lean on. He's a, he's an old reliable. He understands exactly what he's supposed to be doing. Drew Brees trusts him. Coach Payton trusts him. That offensive line knows that if we give him a crack, he's going to get the most out of it. Had a couple of slips yesterday, but, again, he comes up with the two touchdowns, and those are the things, yes, he's capable of doing especially that 25-yard screen pass, which is a Pierre Thomas special. That's what he does as well as any running back in the NFL, I believe. And so, yeah, when you get into tight situations and tough situations, if he's available, they're going to put the ball in his hands because they trust him. Jimmy Graham had 10 catches yesterday, and for the fourth straight time to match Tony Gonzalez's record, he had over 100 yards receiving. What, what is there to say about this guy that we haven't said already? The story just continues to grow. Jimmy Graham's just an animal. I mean, he is he is whatever complimentary uh, name you can tag on him, he is that. I mean, he is virtually unstoppable. Again, you know, Coach Payton mentioned yesterday that they split him out wide a couple of times, and they do this to find out whether the defense is playing man or zone. But with him, it just doesn't matter. You can bracket him. You can try to do whatever it is you want to do with him, but he's such a big target, and he's so athletically gifted. And he's so able to get open regardless of what kind of coverage you put on him. He's a guy that Drew Brees trusts. He's a guy who can, you know, force you to roll the coverage away from the other side because if you want to double him, now you got to take your chances with whether or not Marcus Colston or Darren Sproles or Pierre Thomas is going to beat you up on the other side. And if you don't, if you don't double him, what happens to you is what happened yesterday to the Bears. He ends up with a 38-yard catch on him. He ends up with a 29-yarder on him. He sets up that, that touchdown toward the end of the half. And again, you cannot cover him with a linebacker. You can't cover him with a safety. I guess you could waste a, a cornerback on him, but most cornerbacks are too small. We saw that with Arizona when they tried to put Tyron Matthew on him, who was in position a couple of times and was just too little to do anything about it. So he's such a big target, 6'7 and 270. There's not much you can do with him. I guess you can sell out completely on defense, but now you're giving Drew Brees exactly what he wants all around the field on the other side. So I don't know what you do to stop him. I guess you try to live with it and try to outscore the Saints. But so far, it's just been proven to be fruitless what teams are doing to defend against him. And, I, 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 you know, I guess at some point somebody's going to come up with a scheme that's going to take him away. But if 
if you take him away, you're going to run the risk of Breeze beating you to death with somebody else. John DeShazer with us here wrapping up the uh, Saints uh, Chicago win. He's in Studio B, fresh back from his trip up to the Windy City. Uh, John, before we get out of here in this segment, uh, let's talk about the Saints defense for a moment. Curtis Lofton leads the leads the way with the most tackles yesterday. Cam Jordan is the man that jumps on that that loose ball and the one turnover that we saw in uh, Chicago yesterday. Saints defense yesterday. What was your takeaway? Did we see did we see progression, or was it more of what we've come to know here in this young season? You know, I, yeah, I, I think uh, more than progression or surprise. Now, I think uh, you know, I think five games is a nice sample size, and and I'm just beginning to believe that this is what we can expect of the Saints defense. Um, you know, that was a season-high 18 points they gave up yesterday, and that's that's pretty nice for a defense that was giving up points at an alarming rate last season. They get the three sacks and the turnover. They got a little bit more exotic yesterday. They blitzed a little bit early. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins comes in and gets the sack and the strip, and Cam Jordan picks it up. So they blitzed a little bit early, made Chicago adapt to it. Then they went more zone in the second half. But these guys are so adaptable. What we're seeing is opponents can score, and maybe they'll score early, but they adapt well, and they pretty much shut down, you know, everything the rest of the game. Yesterday they played from ahead, so, you know, they were willing to give up some yards and, and, and maybe give up a little bit of points. Now, they don't like those long passes that Alshon Jeffrey ended up catching against them, you know, deep, and, and that brought Chicago a little bit closer than they probably wanted to, and that made the score a little bit more respectable than maybe it should have been. But, you know, certainly these guys are defending as well as just about any anybody in the league I mean they're shutting people down when they need to yesterday you know Chicago ends up with 400 plus yards almost 500 yards but again you know a lot of them just are empty yards as the game is pretty much complete that Chicago's in the scramble mood trying to come back Saints are playing you know hey we'll keep it in front of us let's let that clock keep running but they're they're extremely efficient defensively right now the Saints John have done a good job of making each week a one-game season, and it's really paid off because they've had a different personality in some respects in each of their five wins. But the bottom line is this, or the overall picture is this, if they find a way up near Boston this coming weekend and beat the Patriots, they'll go into the bye at 6-0. and I don't think even the Saints themselves could have imagined a start quite like this, and that would give them a very restful and uh, happy bye week as we hit the middle of the month. Man, you know what? I think they'd have taken four and two and and run with it, you know, after these first six games, and and five and one, they'd probably be really satisfied. But to have an opportunity to be six and zero, oh, and you know they're going to be pumped about it because you know New England it has pretty much been the standard bearer. In fact, uh, when Sean Payton came to become the head coach of the Saints, he said, "Look, we want to be a franchise that's like New England in that we want to be contenders every year." We don't want to have dips and, you know, valleys. We want to be consistent. We want to be up near the top every year. Well, they pretty much managed that since they've been here. So, you know, you want to go and beat the standard bearer. And let's not forget the last time they played New England, I can't remember exactly when, but it was here. And I believe it was on a Monday night, and it was pretty much a humiliation. I mean, they dominated New England. So, you know, not a lot of those guys from New England's team – might not have been there, but I guarantee you Tom Brady and the veterans remember that, and they're going to want to extract a little bit of payback. And the Saints remember it also, and the Saints are going to want to go up there. And even though a lot of these Saints players weren't on that team, they're, they're going to want to go to New England, and they're going to want to prove exactly who they are against a team that's elite in this league and a coach who's considered to be one of the best of all time, Bill Belichick. That's John DeShazer in Studio B back in New Orleans. I'm Sean Kelly in Dallas, Texas. Uh, John, thanks, and uh, 
enjoy the week. Um, I'm sure we'll hear more from Coach Payton later today, which we'll feature on the Black and Blue Report. But uh, nice work. Appreciate your time today. Man, anytime you can have me, anytime you need me. And, and look, look, get those Pelicans healthy, man. Come on. You know, the guys rolling ankles, Tyreek Evans and this, that, and the other. I mean, we – you know, we need a healthy team to, you know, make that playoff push. Now, a little bit of rest right here probably won't hurt. But, uh, you know, I didn't see the injury. You know, hopefully there's nothing bad. They're going to take an MRI, I, I understand. And, uh, you know, get that team healthy, man, because, you know, 116 to 115 is uh, is an exciting game to watch, I would imagine. I, I didn't get a chance to see any of it, as a matter of fact. But, uh, you know, I like the 116. I don't like the 115. I'm sure Monty Williams doesn't either. But I like the 116. Well, it certainly provided him plenty of tape to show his ball club before tonight's game against the Dallas Mavericks. And, uh, yes, we'll be anxious to hear more news about Evans as we go along through this road trip as well. And as a matter of fact, and with that, and J.D. has set me up nicely, we're going to talk Pelicans basketball. Here from Dallas after these messages on the Black and Blue Report. Say that to say this. The new album from Trombone Shorty. Trombone Shorty is back with 11 explosive tracks on his highly anticipated new release. Say that to say this. This album delivers funk, R&B, rock, and soul that's sure to blow you away. Trombone Shorty delivers an incredible remake of the Meters classic, Be My Lady, with all music played by the original Funky Meters. What's up, New Orleans? This is Trombone Shorty. Check out my new record, Say That to Say This, produced by Raphael Sadiq and me in stores now. Bud Light presents NFL Fan Dilemmas. Should I put these Bud Lights on your tab? Just supposed to get this round. Whoa, interception! But on my rounds, we play better. It's good luck when I buy Jeff's beers. But I don't want to buy Jeff's beers. He wouldn't even give me gum the other day. What a shocking turn of events. Absolutely everything going right. Yep, my tab. It's only weird if it doesn't work. Bud Light, for the NFL fans who do whatever it takes. Here we go. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Bud Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. This is Todd Graves, founder of Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. Being the official chicken of the New Orleans Saints, we're more than just fans of the Saints. We're fans of Saints fans. So on game day, we make sure they're reloaded with tailgates of our fresh chicken fingers and jugs of lemonade and sweet tea. The best chicken fingers around? We got this. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. The official chicken of your New Orleans Saints. Take flight with your New Orleans Pelicans and have an amazing game night group experience that you can customize to meet your group's needs. Bring your family, friends, or coworkers, and we'll bring the fun. Make lasting memories while you sit back and enjoy the excitement of watching the world's best athletes. And ask, how can you be a part of the action on Center Court? For more information and to book your group night, call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com today. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Let's turn our attention to the Pelicans, shall we? We're in Dallas, Texas with the basketball team for most of our program today, and that's because the Pelicans are in the midst of this first preseason road trip, a win already under their belts as they knocked off the Houston Rockets on Saturday night, 116-115, and then tonight, game two of the preseason as the Pelicans will take on the Dallas Mavericks at 7.30. More on that broadcast here in just a moment. Let's go back to Saturday night, though, first. The uh, lid lifter for the preseason, and after just a handful of practices, Monty Williams, a ball club, was on a game floor. Uh, it was really cool to see 
the new uniforms and uh, the new players for sure, albeit in a preseason game. But nonetheless, uh, it ended up being a win, 116-115. And, of course, those uh, preseason results are hard to dive too deep into because of all the different combinations and the fact that it is a preseason game. But there were some, some notable things in the win, and there were some things that certainly needed to be fixed at Coach Monty Williams following game one. I just think if you play hard and you defend, you give yourself a chance to win when things aren't going the way you want them to. I thought the first quarter we were really bad defensively. They were in the paint overall. We gave up two 30-point quarters. That's something that we preach. We never want to give up 30-point quarters. We want to stay around 23, 24 per quarter. And I thought our defense in, in the first and I think the third wasn't that great, but we just continue to play hard. And I think it gives you a chance to win the ugly game. And that's what we've been preaching to our guys, playing hard, defending. And if you can cut the turnovers down, and, and to me, a bad shot is a turnover. So we, we had more turnovers, in my opinion, than the, the turnover stat indicated. So we got a lot to evaluate. It's, um, it's good that we got a chance to play because now I can show the guys that this is different than practice. Coach Williams talking to the media following the game there in the hallway outside the Pelicans locker room. Another thing that he talked about was the game film, the, the film that would be so important uh, as they make their way through the preseason, the post-game evaluation uh, for his staff. And certainly with a game to uh, go tonight against Dallas, that didn't leave too much time for Coach Williams and his staff to uh, take the film apart from Saturday night. You wish you had about three or four days in between like you did in college, and that's what preseason should be about. Unfortunately, we have a number of games coming up every other day, so we want to make sure that we're ready for those games. But we'll, we'll compile enough film to uh, make Siskel and Ebert shameful. And so f from that standpoint, I think we got a, a ways to go. Nobody's going to get happy on the farm. Uh, this is the preseason, but it, it was encouraging to see the guys play that hard. So that's head coach Monty Williams and his thoughts immediately following their 116-115 uh, win over the Rockets in preseason game number one on Saturday night. Some notables from the uh, box score. Certainly the uh, Pelicans were out-rebounded in the game, but just barely uh, outshot significantly in the game. Boy, that Houston team looks really good. They've got a lot of weapons over there. Uh, Anthony Morrow's debut is special. For the Pelicans, he uh, led the way with 26 points on 8 of 15 shooting and hit six threes and was perfect from the line at 7 of 7. And Austin Rivers, a little up and down, especially at the free throw line, but all in all, had uh, five assists and 21 points to lead all on the bench for New Orleans on Saturday. We'll see how things go tonight. We'll hopefully learn more about Tyreek Evans, who turned an ankle Saturday night. I don't expect him to play anytime soon, but perhaps tonight we'll have a little more news on his ankle injury. And, of course, uh, we'll find out whether or not Ryan Anderson is a go. Uh, Ryan set out Saturday night due to a coach's decision uh, at Houston. So tonight on the air at 7.30 Central on our flagship station, 105.3 WWL-FM and across the New Orleans Pelicans radio network. We'll bring you all the play-by-play -play from Dallas as the Pelicans take on the Mavericks this evening at American Airlines Arena in Dallas, Texas. Of course, so we'll talk more about that game tomorrow on the next edition of the Black and Blue Report as well. Coming up next, we'll get back into Saints football and check in with head coach Sean Payton, who conducts his Monday morning presser with the media late Monday morning, and we'll let you listen in to some of that next.
United Saints fans. Show your true colors and get in the action with the all-new black and gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Play all three seeds. You have to play to win. That's right. Enter your non-winning black and gold Saints tickets in our second chance drawings for a chance to win autographed Saints merchandise or one of four Saints game day prize packages. Next entry deadline is September 3rd. Pick up your black and gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Hey there, what you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. N nicotine? Listen, I'm gonna hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. Take flight with your New Orleans Pelicans and bring the fun and excitement of the NBA to your next birthday party, wedding, or corporate events. The Pelicans dance team, mascot, drumlines, dunk team, and inflatable games are available throughout the year to entertain you. To get more information on how you can bring one of our entertainment teams to your event, visit pelicans.com today. Well, it is a happy, happy Monday here on the Black and Blue Report as the Pelicans and the Saints and uh, Tulane and LSU, all winners over the weekend. Well, that's what we call the perfect sweep, huh? So good stuff. As the Saints were winners yesterday, 26-18. to 18, And uh, as usual on Monday, or at least the day after a Saints game, head coach Sean Payton meets with the media and gives us kind of a 24-hour post-mortem on things. And uh, we will let you listen in to some of that from earlier today. Drew mentioned you guys have figured out several ways to win. Just talk about how adaptable this team has been so far. I thought yesterday was a good example of it. Um, we felt there were a handful of things that, uh, aside from just ball security, we, you know, we were going to have to play that game uh, maybe a little differently than we played some other games. They, they gave us, it was the first team we've played in a while this year where we got a lot of spot drop zone, which, which meant that we were going to have to be patient with the football. Um, I thought we were. I thought when we threw the ball underneath, I thought the runners or receivers who caught it, secured it, advanced it. And so a simple check down maybe that, you know, you think you're going to get four yards from, you got six yards. I thought we handled the short yardage situations uh, and those critical situations in the game pretty well. Late in the game, uh, you know, we, we drew some penalties. I thought overall I was real pleased with, with the, the penalty numbers. Um, but I, I think the one thing we've tried to preach all year is each each game takes on a, a different, not a different meaning, but the, they're not necessarily all played the same way. And understanding as a team what it takes to win that specific game is something that uh, if your team gets, and I, and I think we're beginning to, is, uh, is an important uh, trait. So... 
you know, we felt like we were playing a good team that could obviously take the ball away. They were explosive. Quarterback's got a very strong arm. They had some balance with Forte, and I thought the early part of the game where we forced the three and outs and we had them in the long yardage situations, forced them to punt, you know, the, the whole first half seemed to be spent on their side of the 20, you know, their side of the 50, and uh, that, that was... Uh, that was significant. The score before the half was significant. Um, but but again, that, that game was much different than other ones we've won earlier in the year. And I, I think it's just understanding and, and being able to play smart football. Sean, you harped all week on the importance of protecting the ball in Chicago, where it's always tough for teams to do so. Have no turnovers. That's a, obviously a big reason why you went to play. Our numbers without any turnovers, and I, we're not the only team that's like that. I mean, um, but, but clearly that hasn't been the case when we've lost there. Uh, and when you go on the road, when we play on the road, it's tough to get wins when you play on the road against a good team like that. And th there are going to be certain things you have to do that give you a chance to win. That was one of them. I, I, I felt throughout the course of the game, I never felt like the ball was loose or out there. Uh, I think there was one time on Pierre's touchdown uh, that you know, kind of came free and he recovered it, but uh, I thought we handled that element real well. Saints head coach Sean Payton meeting with the media earlier today. Again, the postmortem on the Chicago Bears game, a fifth win of the season for the uh, New Orleans Saints. And we'll have more with Coach Payton, and we'll wrap up today's Black and Blue Report after these messages. Say that to say this. The new album from Trombone Shorty. Trombone Shorty is back with 11 explosive tracks on his highly anticipated new release. Say that to say this. This album delivers funk, R&B, rock, and soul that's sure to blow you away. Trombone Shorty delivers an incredible remake of the Meters classic, Be My Lady, with all music played by the original Funky Meters. What's up, New Orleans? This is Trombone Shorty. Check out my new record, Say That to Say This, produced by Raphael Sadiq and me in stores now. The offseason for your New Orleans Pelicans has been exciting with all-star Drew Holiday and former Rookie of the Year Tyreek Evans being added to a lineup headlined by Anthony Davis and Ryan Anderson. Now, with the release of half-season and 12-game plans at varying price levels, there truly is a ticket plan for every fan. Packages start as low as $13 per game and feature the best seat locations to see all-star opponents, including the world champion Miami Heat. Visit pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP to get your seats today. This is Todd Graves, founder of Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. Sure, other fans are hungry for a win. But here in New Orleans, we make sure that you're well-fed, too. With tailgates of our fresh chicken fingers and jugs of lemonade and sweet tea. Loving the Saints is like the freshness of Cane's. All day, no quit. The Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. The official chicken of your New Orleans Saints. The Pelicans are your NBA team, and Beau Rivage Resort and Casino is your M-Life Resort right here on the Gulf Coast. Featuring 1,740 luxuriously appointed rooms, exquisite award-winning dining choices, a championship-caliber golf course, and all the amenities you've come to expect from MGM Resorts International, Beau Rivage is the only true resort experience you'll find in the South. You belong at the Beau. Beau Rivage Resort and Casino is proud to be a sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. 
Pelicans.com and NewOrleansSaints.com. Your first stop when following your teams. Sean Kelly back with you from Dallas, Texas. And as we get set to wrap up today's Black and Blue Report, I want to let you listen into a little bit more of what Sean Payton had to say to the media here the day after their win over the Chicago Bears. The time of possession, it looks like you have about 10 minutes average plus. And uh, I wonder, the old school fan must be confused when they look at the running uh, less than 80 yards a game and you're still managing to do that. Can you kind of explain how that well, works? Well, <laughs> It, I, I don't know that there's a formula to, to explain it. it. It's just being productive with, with, with your down and distances. Third down numbers were decent offensively. They were better for us defensively. But, um, you know, how you get the first downs, how you move the chains. Uh, I mentioned the type of defense we saw yesterday was predominantly a lot more zone. And, and so, you know, it, it meant taking advantage of a check down. Uh, as opposed to an incomplete down the field. It meant uh, when you did run it, uh, of trying to have success. We took our shots. You know, we took a few shots. Uh, I thought we looked the one to meet them. Uh, was set up well, and I know it wasn't, wasn't, there wasn't a penalty called, but very well could, could have been. Um, but it's complimentary football. If we're on the field for X number of minutes, just you know, take the game time, and, and then you can tell exactly how long we're on the field defensively. And I think both sides of the ball uh, are doing that well. I felt the kicking game uh, was outstanding again yesterday. I mean, Garrett, you know, in those conditions, did a great job. Uh, the surface was difficult, obviously, if you're a kicker, and with the wind, you know, just kind of gusty a little bit. And then uh, I thought Morstead. Uh, did a great job and when we had to cover we did you know uh, an elite returner so all those things factored in but the time of possession was significant heading into that game Matt Forte seemed to really be a, a spark to their offense you guys did a pretty good job of balling up even when he caught it lots of hats to the ball yep he, he's he, he's one of those players that does a lot of things well and, and so he's not only a threat in the running game uh, but he's a threat in the passing game and and he's very good in protection. You know, when you get on the field and you actually see him, you, f you forget he's, he's got really good size. And, uh, and I thought we contained him pretty good. You know, he, he, had, he had some runs, uh, especially in some of the nickel stuff. But, but by and large, I thought we did a good job with him. All right, Coach, thank you very much. Next up, of course, the New England Patriots. And next up for the New Orleans Pelicans, the Dallas Mavericks. As we bring you the show from Dallas today, we are getting ready for tonight's ball game, which tips off. At 7.30, it'll be preseason game number two for Monty Williams and the Pelicans. It'll be preseason game number one for the Dallas Mavericks. We'll be on the air at 7.30 tonight across the New Orleans Pelicans radio network, and we'll have coverage, too, with Jim Eichenhofer on pelicans.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter on the show at, at Black Blue Report, and then, of course, my Twitter is at Sean Kelly Live. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with you on the Black and Blue Report tomorrow from Jacksonville, Florida. And we'll recap uh, the Monday night Pelicans game and start to turn our attention to other matters around the NFL and the NBA. Our thanks to producer Dan today and for John DeShazer for stopping by. Hope you uh, enjoy the rest of your Monday. And we'll see you right here on the Black and Blue Report tomorrow, Tuesday, sometime afternoon. All right, that'll do it, gang. I'm Sean Kelly. So long for just a while.
Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 1 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.